Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. Today, I bring you Tom Cronin from The Stillness Project. Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting-edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. Now attracting easy money, wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self-esteem, we're speaking another language. It's official, raise your glasses. Your business is now speaking to the masses. I'm not sure if you are meditating currently, but I'm sure that you want to. And after this interview, I think it will get your butt into gear pretty quickly. I actually did this interview with Tom a few months back. It was pre-launch of the podcast. And as soon as I had the conversation with him, I made sure that I became more disciplined in putting meditation into my daily practice. You hear about meditation, how it's good for you, and we know that we should do it. You know, someone who I look up to is Oprah, and I know that Oprah actually has her team, her whole team, stop and meditate twice a day, once at 10 o'clock and once at 4 p.m., and it's mandatory that her whole team does it. This is such an enjoyable and educational interview. Tom starts off with sharing with us about his rock bottom and then going into a lot of education about meditation And you'll also hear how much of an intelligent soul he is with what he's doing now, what he's creating, creating not just a movement with the Stillness Project, but also a creator and a director of a movie, which you're going to hear about at the end of the interview. This interview goes for over an hour. We had to edit it down for time's sake. Um, We've brought out the best parts we possibly can, but there was so much stuff. So instead of keeping to that 20 to 30 minute mark, it probably goes for about 45 minutes. It's going to be worth the listen all the way through. A little bit more about Tom, so you know you're in great hands. Tom is the founder of the Stillness Project, which is a global movement inspiring 1 billion people to meditate daily. He's spoken and taught to thousands of people to meditate, hosted numerous retreats, spoken far and wide from Malaysia, USA, Mexico, Bali, and Australia. He's been seen and featured in television, on media, um, such as Sydney Morning Herald, Vogue, Business Insider. He's been on national TV and worked with large, large companies like Commonwealth Bank, uh, Nova FM, Finch Media, and has published four books. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy and get ready to be peaceful and motivated to meditate with Tom Cronin. Hello, ladies. My goodness. I'll tell you what, I was referred to the man that we have on the show today, and I could not think of a better match for what the show is about Um, and the complete example of what could happen (laughs) and what we need to be able to do to really be able to get ourselves more in aligned with just life and wellness. Um, Someone that's gone from a very stressful go, go, go lifestyle and for work and life, if you think it's all encapsulated with life anyway, and to be able to do a 180 degree turn all because of the beautiful practice of meditation. So today I welcome you to Tom Cronin. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me along. Yeah. You're the third man on the show. Oh, cool. (laughs) We love to have our men if we can really feel like we're going to benefit from them and really feel like they can connect with where we're at. And I'd love to start there because I know that you can connect with where we're at with 
just similar parallels of a story, what I've gone through, what a lot of the women have gone through or going through where they're a go, go, go lifestyle. I did a survey because I wanted to see what they actually use to reduce stresses because I know what I have done in the past. And the biggest one was alcohol, (laughs) food. Um, Next, funny enough, was sleeping tablets, drugs. And Mm -hmm. the last one was exercise, meditation. Mm -hmm. So we know that's totally screwed up and around the road, (laughs) the opposite way for really for us to be, have sustainable health. So I'd love for you to dive in and share with us, really draw the curtain right back about your stories. They know where you're coming from. And then if we can go into some some teachings about meditation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always ask the question is, you know, if whatever you're doing is working for you, then keep doing it. Um, (laughs) And, and, and really comes down to personal experience and personal research. So for me, what I was doing, I was a broker in finance, uh, you know, it was very much Wolf of Wall Street. I started out in 1987, which was the same year that Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street started his career. Mm. Uh, he, he was 22 and I was 19. I just finished a gap year backpacking around the world and blew all my money that I'd saved picking apples um, in, you know, dodgy places like Amsterdam and then um, came back to Sydney before uni and had some time to fill in. So I applied for a few jobs and landed this one as a broker. And I really knew nothing about it, had no interest in it, but wanted to write articles for Time magazine, but ended up doing this job. And before long, like literally within a few months um, before uni started, I was one of their, you know, rising stars as um, my boss introduced me to the senior guy from London that I was the golden boy. You know, I was really fast and very efficient at what I did. And um, before long, I had a six-figure salary, a very fancy sports car and a corporate Amex card and was given clients to go out and win their business. So Wow. All of 19. Yeah, yeah. It was it happened very quickly. It was a very quick rise. And that's what happened back then. This was like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and the industry was just booming, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, that whole greed is good Wall Street type mentality, which was also released, funnily enough, in 1987 as well. So there's What's a lot lifestyle of lifestyle like like what 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 do you do in that day? Is it like is it like what you see in the movies where it's like go 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 doing pitches doing deals? Is is, is that yeah, what it's like? It, it sent shivers down my spine. You know, looking at Wall Street and how accurately in that film they portrayed that trading room floor. It was really very close. I mean, we didn't throw dwarfs, so everything else was quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of similarities, but some were a little bit out there. But, uh, you know, it was it was pretty fast and furious. You know, it was very high adrenaline. It was crazy packed, um, busy, 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 lots of dealing. You know, you're basically sitting in a chair and you're trading with uh, investment banks from all over the world, you know, doing orders to buy or sell 5 mil, 10 mil, 100 mil Mm. worth of bonds, swaps, cash, bank bills, you know, depending on which particular product we're on. So the trading room floor was this massive, vast room of literally 99% guys that were just dealing with all these different um, products. And, um, yeah, so daytime it was frenetic and uh, by sort of lunchtime everyone went to the pub and people were very much pretty much drunk by 2 o'clock and yeah, it was crazy times. People were doing drugs and nighttime was all about winning the client's business. So you had a corporate Amex card and you'd take them out right. to, uh, you know, a lot of bars, nightclubs, fancy restaurants. You know, you'd travel interstate, travel internationally to entertain clients. You know, I'd go to Tokyo and take clients out in really expensive restaurants and blow a ton of money to make sure that when they wanted to do deals with someone, a broker, yeah. that they yeah, weren't going to question it. They'd pick you, you know, because you had mm-hmm. the greatest rapport. And, you know, there's nothing 
more compelling for that client, that young trader in a hot shop position in a bank that you've been out with him till four in the morning in a nightclub plowing tons of stuff down his throat and, you know, and doing other things with them that by seven in the morning or eight in the morning when they were ready to do business with you, that they were the last person to be hanging out with and that was the first person to do a deal with. So Gosh. it was just crazy. Yeah, it was, it was part of what we did. So what was the pivotal point to just change direction in where you are now? Was it something like a big wake-up call, someone hit over the head with a two-by-four, or was it just a gradual pathway that kept being carved? No, the universe slapped me over the head with a two-by-four for sure. Okay. Um, it was pretty gargantuan. But, you know, what happens is over time, you know, your body gives you cues about an imbalance. There's, mm-hmm. there's a red light comes up on the dashboard to let you know that something under the bonnet's a little bit wrong. Yeah, mine and was 15 kilos of body fat. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we all, we all have them, yeah. whatever it is. You know, there's just the body's an amazing piece of intelligence that mm-hmm. continually gives us information about what it doesn't like. Yeah. And the body's designed for optimal well-being. It's designed for health and wellness. It's designed for happiness. But we put our body and mind through so much that it really doesn't appreciate. For instance, a classic example would be a hangover. The body's just saying, hey, look, I really don't like you pouring a lot of this poisonous, toxic substance down your throat and into this body. So I'm going to let you know that this is an inappropriate type of uh, experience for me. And it's a really great communicator. Um, For me, I was getting symptoms like insomnia and anxiety and um, things like that. So um, it it started to give me some symptoms of Mm dis-ease. It was giving me a communication that it didn't like things the way they were being run. There's only so much the nervous system and the body can take under those conditions. But I ignored them. And if you ignore these red lights that come up on the dashboard the body doesn't give up on you it's not like oh okay we'll just let you keep doing it and we won't we won't give you any hangovers we won't let you feel crap we won't let you feel that you can't sleep at night it it actually turns up the volume Hmm. it simply just turns up the volume oh okay you don't get it i'm obviously not making these signals loud enough for you Hmm. so then the signals get louder and then i just kept ignoring them for years Hmm. um and then eventually it was uh, it was a choiceless situation, which was on a very humid, balmy February morning in 1996 that I woke up in my very cool pad in Bondi that I'd bought and was living in, and um, I was preparing for work to. Uh, and I recalled that morning as I was uh, getting ready for work that I had a very big client lunch that day. And was this and being I'd- a broker still? Was yeah, absolutely. A broker? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I, was, I was a broker. I'd been a broker for about nine, ten years at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, the escalation of the lifestyle was catching up with me more and more. I'd been getting waves of this panic and anxiety, but I didn't know what it was. It was never diagnosed. I hadn't seen a doctor about it. All that would happen would be I'd get curled up in a ball um, at home, you know, on the floor, oh. just just not knowing what was going on or, you know, shut off in the toilet cubicle at work, you know, before lunch and getting this, you know, this sort of dread and fear waves over me. But this morning uh, in 1996, what happened was um, I had this fear around this lunch. How was I going to cope? Oh, my God, you know, I've got to get through this lunch, like six traders from Royal Bank of Canada. I've got to go to this fancy restaurant and sit with them for two. I can't escape. And this this just built up and built up and then eventually – there was a tsunami of fear and dread just swept over me. My vision blurred. I couldn't breathe. I had uh, tight pains in my chest. My legs gave way. I had nausea. 
wanting to vomit, wanting to defecate, and and I literally thought I was dying. Yeah, it was it was an extreme situation, and um, I got taken with some support from my partner to the doctor, and he told me that morning that I was having a nervous breakdown. Literally, those were the words he used. Wow! And at that point, uh, you know, the, the illusion that you live with um, about who you are, this invincible, gung ho cocaine addicted broker mm-hmm. um making a ton of money um the walls just came tumbling down and I, I literally became a babbling bawling mess i just couldn't stop crying i remember leaving the clinic and i was like a madman i was walking through the streets of bondi the back streets so i didn't want to run into anyone and i just remember sitting on the curb in this little back laneway just i couldn't stop crying i was just like just such a state of misery Gosh. um and then that he, he referred me to a psychiatrist that morning and got to a clinic in Bonte, one of the top sort of psych clinics, and he prescribed pharmaceuticals and told me that um, I have a stressful nature and I need to take these drugs. So that was like uh, I developed agoraphobia then at that point. I couldn't go to work. I had to ring up work and say I couldn't come in, and then I, I couldn't go to work for weeks and weeks. Yeah, I, I was confined to home. Gosh. Did you believe the diagnosis when they first said that you are having a nervous breakdown? Was that suddenly like? Did you go? Yep, that's it. Or yeah, it was a light went on. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a wake up call. It. Um, I was pretty screwed up. I, I knew I was miserable for a long time, and I was yeah. getting really bad insomnia. You just don't realize. You kind of normalize to living that thinking that's normal. I remember once waking up going, "I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired." Yeah. But it was so much more than that, and you just don't realize. You kind of. Most of us kind of continue on with this gradual atrophy of uh, decay in life and and before we know it we, we we like you know you're using alcohol or cigarettes or ice cream or whatever to yeah. try and numb yourself from the pain not realizing that it's just abnormal mm. so let's talk about that change with you when did it start to flip was it something gradual when you started to sort of come out of sort of the haze and the the, the dis-ease or yeah, how did you sort of get to into the meditation side of it? Sure. I generally find with my students and certainly with my story that um, when we have an extreme, um, we call it a rashi, an extreme event, uh, this is Sanskrit, an extreme event that is a catalyst for change when the process of change has become static or stu- stuck, mm-hmm. um, what, what tends to happen is um, the change becomes fairly rapid to offset the rapid deterioration. And so I was, I, I uh, was suffering from agoraphobia, so I'm sitting at home and, um, you know, you really don't know what to do other than you just follow Western medicine and they prescribe these drugs and you're taking these drugs and seeing the psychiatrist that keeps telling you that you're a stress bag. Thanks, buddy. Um, and um, I just noticed that life was not really improving even with the drugs. I was, you know, certain things were going away, but other things were getting worse. Like I was just getting checked out. I was just getting really numb. And it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I... I discovered in that time meditation i was watching a documentary about a property developer bruno grollo and in one instance uh they mentioned very briefly that he meditated and they she filmed him it was a 60 minutes episode they, they filmed him meditating sitting in a chair in his suit and i'm like you know it just completely demystified all the yeah. ideas i had about meditation I'm like holy shit i wear a suit and i sit in chairs like i, I want that you know it just looked mm. like something i really wanted and so at that point, it's 1996, so mind you, there's no Google and you don't have iPhones, so you pick up the yellow pages and I scroll through to 
meditation. I looked up all the local meditation centers and it was in this time of agoraphobia, not being able to go to work that I started to explore um, this idea of managing the mind. I, I really knew that my mind was really messed up at that point and I needed to work in through that avenue. So I started to explore, and there's lots of different types of meditation. We'll touch on different types of meditation a bit later on, but um, it wasn't until I came across one that really, really blew me away. It was, it was quite phenomenal. A, the way it was delivered in the intro talk, you know, it was taught by a neuroscientist. It had 900 independent scientific studies validating the power of this technique. It was all about the physiology and the healing of the physiology. You could get a premium discount on your insurance in America from a couple of companies if you use this technique and it was just it was in schools and prisons in america and i was like wow you know this is phenomenal. Wow. and they bonused it i love that they yeah. put bonus onto it <laughs> yeah so I, I was like I, i'm all in on this you know and i really um found very quickly quite rapid changes in my experience of life as a result of doing this technique like literally within the first week i noticed some changes that weren't really that comfortable but they were significant changes and um um, and within a few weeks, it was really quite dramatic what started to happen. And then, and then I just couldn't believe how, how, how um, few people knew about it. So I was, I was like one of those annoying preachers that was, you know, singing the praises of this technique and all over the place. But um, I went back to work and I actually continued on 16 more years in the same job. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, 16 more years, same company, same clients, yeah. same chair, same and business. Did your clients notice the change in you, how you showed up? Yeah, definitely, you know, particularly the way I used to entertain, you know, it was, it was a very challenging time for me to um, go, well, I don't want to do drugs, I don't want to drink, I don't want to park, I don't want to be out till 2 in the morning anymore. So yeah. it was really quite a conundrum how I was going to integrate this new lifestyle into work and, and, and um, that was something that I had to grapple with and eventually found a way to do it, which led to a great deal of success surprisingly because those clients um, – that you know were out with me till and I was like the bad boy you know I, I wasn't a pristine clean broker by any means I was definitely one of the bad boys and so you know when those clients were out with me till wee hours of the morning and they roll home to their partners and wives and they're like oh god you're out with that Tom Cronin just stay away from him he's just trouble to then taking them and their wives out to the ballet or a nice dinner and having them all tucked up and home oh, in bed nice 30. And their wife, and they're so nice. You really should do more business with them. So my business went, you know, flourished as a yeah. result. Wow. How great is that for um, the strategy of negotiation and to re be re able to reshape how your whole sales process? Yeah, it's just about it's connecting just, with them. Yeah. No, I take to yoga it's, retreats. You know, we went for surfing retreats in Byron and, and, you know, things like that. It's just so all about trying to. It's powerful, right? Yeah, you know, and, and there was a great deal of appreciation Gosh. for a point of difference there. Yeah, wow. So we might have some people on the line, and I'm sure that we do because I've been there too. I tried meditation, can't meditate, can't shut the noise down. What is the best way to meditate and how can even the person that struggles get into a meditation and benefit from it? Yeah, it's a great question because a lot of people try to wing it, you know, like, I sit there and try and empty my mind and I just can't do it. And it's really not about that. I uh, look, you know, dealing with the mind and consciousness is probably the most important thing you'll ever do. And I'm not saying this to sell myself, but I really do recommend that until you find a qualified teacher, that it's going to be really challenging to sustain a sufficient practice and understand why things are happening and what's happening 
um, when it does happen. Because if you're meditating, you want things to be different. Otherwise, why would you meditate? And things will be different, but you better be prepared because things are going to be different in some ways you might not expect. And you're going to need some support. You're going to need a teacher. So firstly, I'd recommend finding someone that's qualified in that space um, because you're going to need to ask a lot of questions around what's going on and, and know why things are going on and, and, mm. and, and deal with that. Um, and secondly, um, finding a technique that you resonate with that you can embrace on a daily basis because there are some techniques out there that are just simply uncomfortable to do. They're not easy. They're not, they're not enjoyable. And if it's not something that you feel charmed to do on a daily basis, then it's going to be really, really, um, I'll, I'll swear here, it's like pushing shit uphill to have that applied on a daily basis because we simply have created lives where we just don't like doing things we don't enjoy. Mm. We really don't. We've created very charming lives. So if it's not enjoyable, you're going to really struggle with it. What's the um, different types of meditation? I do one every night before I go to bed, but I don't know how much it is meditation the way that I end up falling asleep at the end of it. So it's a guided meditation and it goes through um, I fo- it, it's focusing on a word and what that word means and um, then saying it's like a vibrational, um, I can't think of what the, it's Deepak Chopra that actually that, that teaches it and there's, there's like a noise that we make and then we, whenever we want to just bring ourselves back. It's like saying that noise, but they end up falling asleep through it. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm doing meditation well. I would love to know what are the different ways to meditate yeah, there's so many different ways to meditate. I categorize them into four distinct categories. So what you're talking about there is what I call contemplation meditation. So during that, your mind's fairly active, let's face it. You, you know, you're contemplating, you're listening. Mm-hmm. There's some level of stimulation. You haven't gone into a state of non-thought. Um, when you fall asleep, mm-hmm. you'll be in a state of non-thought, but you'll actually be unconscious. So it's not yeah. meditation. It's deep sleep. Um, so contemplation meditation is where we're thinking, we've got gratitude, intentions, we're listening to a guided meditation but in some way there's stimulation because there's activity in the mind. Mm -hmm. There's concentration meditation, which is focusing on one single point. That might be the breath, the third eye, a candle. We're going to use a lot of effort, a lot of discipline to get the mind to do something it has no interest in doing. It's not the nature of the mind to do this, and it's going to be very uncomfortable, particularly in the Western world where we have a lot of information to process and we're taking on a lot of information on a daily basis to focus on one single point is a concentration meditation. It is very beneficial. It's a great discipline, just very, very strenuous and quite difficult to implement and sustain on a daily basis in the Western world. Great if you're in a monastery, Tibet, away from emails, away from Tinder, away from Instagram, and you've got the ability to just sit there for long periods of time with very little mental stimulation. Yeah, wow. I think I've done one like that in a yoga practice. Obviously, it was only for a few minutes, but it was just continually focusing on on, on yeah. the breath. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, one. it's a great it's a great discipline. Um, but again, you know, it's uh, it requires a fair bit of strain and force to to get the mind to stay in that single point. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the chanting meditation. So that's in a group where we'll be chanting. Um, I do that uh, regularly with my daughter. We, we go to my family. We go to Govinda's uh, ashram in, in Sydney. It's a really fun night, and there's uh, in 60, 70 people chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and it's really, really the energy quite energy in that room would feel yeah. beautiful. But it's, it's not still. You know, you, you've got a lot of stimuli, and you're active, and you're chanting, and you're singing, and you're taking in the world around you. You're in the world of duality still. 
Mm-hmm. And then finally, there's this deep transcending style meditation, which would come under transcendental meditation or Vedic meditation, primordial sound technique, which is using. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, using uh, these primordial sounds or vibrations that, um, that were cognized thousands of years ago, and you repeat them effortlessly inside your head. And eventually, what happens is that they. It's like soothing a baby. You know, they, they, they take the mind into deeper brainwave frequencies mm-hmm. and eventually into a delta brainwave frequency where the mind now has become still in the transcendent experience. So you've gone beyond thought. There's no thought, but you're awake. Wow. And that there is powerful for two reasons. Why it's so powerful, firstly, on a physiological level, if you're awake and there's no thought, the metabolic state of rest is so deep and so profound, four times deeper than sleep. The healing effect in the physiology at a cellular level is quite distinct, uh, and that's what healed my state from fight, flight, sympathetic nervous system into parasympathetic nervous system very, very quickly. So the radical change in the body is quite strong because of the level of rest so deep, um, and that's where we get a lot of, um, for some, uh, quite an upheaval as a lot of the stresses and anomalies in the body start to get eradicated and purified. Um, and that's where we need the support and the guidance because the, the technique is so powerful that you get strong physiological sensations that need some support with. Um, the second reason why it's such a, a powerful technique is that in the transcendent state, you now start to access you without the thoughts, without the history, without the identity, without the future and the past, and now you start to self-realise, realise the fundamental existence of your reality without all the drama and emotional um, fluctuations. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that you were saying that you came across with the yeah. neuroscientist, and that's bad. That, yeah. Gosh. I know you have a program. I think this is the perfect time just to share about it because um, I know somebody that's gone through um, one of your programs and he's obviously referred you to me. Can you share with us um, how we can learn more and to learn this type of meditation with you? Yeah, sure. So the technique is 5,000 years old at least, and it was always taught teacher to student in person, uh, literally up until just a very few years ago. Um, And that's the way I still teach it in weekend workshop. Um, And there's teachers all around the world teaching this technique. Oprah Winfrey does it, Hugh Jackman does it, Ellen DeGeneres do it. Um, You got me Oprah. Uh, yeah. Well, Oprah's got a beautiful quote, which I like to always um, refresh people. She says, it's only from that space can you create your best work and your best life. And the space she's talking about there is the space of being that's you without the emotion and the thought. There's a beingness behind all of that drama. And it's from that space that we create our unlimited potential. Um, so she, she's a really big advocate of this technique of meditation. Um, so it's taught either in person, uh, which is what I do weekend workshops. Uh, but we, we, I had a conundrum where I was so um, vocal about the power of this technique and how it transformed my life. And it wasn't really the technique that transformed my life. It was the technique that allowed my body to access a state that allowed my body to transform itself. So my body transformed itself um, through the deep rest that this technique created. And um, when I was writing blogs and doing videos and, you know, doing some podcasts that people all over the world were like, you've got to teach me, my God. And I was left with this conundrum because I had to (laughs) 
face a dilemma of do I sustain this tradition of only teaching it in the way that it's only ever been taught or do I break that tradition and find a way to deliver this technique to a world that was begging for stress release Mm. and stress management. So I created a 21-day digital program that um, was the world first where this technique was then available to, to the masses. And so we had people, I've got emails and testimonials from people in islands north of Finland up in the Arctic and people in Russia and people in Venezuela and, you know, depressed mums with postnatal depression in housing estates of Sheffield, England that sent us emails saying, my God, you've changed my life. So um, it was wonderful to be able to get that validated that we weren't sure whether it would work and and it did. It was quite amazing. So literally we've got, you know, thousands and thousands of email testimonials from people whose lives have been changed. Mm. So that then answers my next question, which is, is meditation for everybody? Is it some, is meditation not for some people? Uh, it's ready for everyone if they're ready to, re- to, to meditate. Mm. Yeah, it's, you know, not everyone is ready to meditate, mm. um, you know, and, and that's totally cool. You know, I had people for five years, a close friend of mine saying, you, you really should meditate. And I had no interest. I, I'd rather do lines of coke and party till 3 a.m., 3 you know. Like, I just didn't want to – I hadn't finished my research. Mm. And um, there's just a time when people are ready. But if you're ready, then everyone can meditate when they're ready. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, I, think, I think every single one of us has heard <laughs> a few times that we need to meditate. Yeah. Though part of it's the discipline being able to sit yourself – still and know what you're doing for me because i knew i needed to meditate after i had braxton that's where i got the oprah and the deprac thing to take me through but i I use it at night i fall asleep and it's a really nice way to go to sleep and i know it's something that i need to do to be able to really just create more calmness and stillness and alignment and just hear things and feel things and I just think it's such a powerful thing for us to be able to learn how to do. So what we'll do is we'll put the link there in the show notes. So if you're listening now, you can just scroll straight down on iTunes and click the show notes. Otherwise, if you go into the blog post, which is annettelakovich.com forward slash meditation, and you'll see all the links that we're going to mention today in the show. You've got the Stillness Project. Tell us about that. What's the Stillness Project about? Well, about five years ago, I, I really, you know, coming to the end of my career, you know, I, I got this strong feeling that I, being a broker and quoting, you know, some government bond prices to traders around the world wasn't really what I was here to do. And I was feeling so drawn to wanting to share not just meditation but inspire people. You know, I was getting a lot of inquiry and there was a lot of um, ability to help people. So I, I left finance and I wanted to scale and leverage what I knew and what I wanted to, to do in the world. And so the Stillness Project was really um, initially set up as an inspiration to inspire a billion people to meditate daily. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we set out to bring meditation to the masses. So everything that we were doing, which was corporate speaking events and um, children's programs and coaching and retreats, everything was sort of built around the foundation of um, getting people to meditate and and find their inner truth. Um, And so that really was the the founding, I guess, you know, impetus for the Stillness Project and still is, but now we sort of have moved it beyond just inspiring a billion people to meditate daily because, you know, we've got apps like Headspace and Calm and Budify um, that are also doing that as well in a great way. So now it's more about next-level meditation and, and next-level transformation. So we do 
um, some high-end entrepreneurial sort of transformational coaching programs and retreats and corporate speaking gigs. And um, it's more really going to that next level and taking it to um, a more potent place because there's a lot of people providing, you know, really good in- entry points into meditation. We want it to be defined more as a, the next level, deeper and, and, and more powerful transformation. I think what resonates with me with you and this is what I always say on the show is some of the best experts that you see out there coaches leaders anyone that's been able to be some type of a thought leader or to help change I noticed they're the ones the the best ones the ones that've gone through that transformation themselves because they've got that high amount of understanding and empathy and know what really truly works which is I think sometimes different to if you just get say a downloadable and you don't know about the person and who they are and how they can contribute um tell me about the um the 21 day meditation program with the actual process how does it actually work is it something that they listen to every day is there is there some type of um a community or anything that they can sort of bond to after that yeah it's a great question so the 21 day program what happens is they get an email every day from me with very intimate video teaching them how to meditate so in day two which they can get access to on day one surprisingly they'll actually learn to meditate um day the first video is an intro and then day two they'll actually be meditating um i'll teach them using the mantra how to meditate deeply and i'll be with them through that meditation and each day they'll get uh, another email with a video in it and it will be more information just little snippets of information around how to sit how to check the time uh, why you might get this experience why you might fall asleep what happens if you fall asleep little bits of knowledge around five to ten minutes in each video plus the 20 minutes of the meditation where i'll be sitting with them through that meditation and i'll bring them out of meditation so it's quite an intimate journey um, with them with some bonuses like books and some yoga videos and heart meditations that we we th- offer in there as well there's 35 support video questions um, which are frequently asked questions which come with that program where there's just a lot of um, support that needs to go with the meditation teaching it really is important that they get a lot of information with it so that's all there packaged up in a dashboard where they can access that at any point in time through the day um, and go back to that, uh, you know, and keep it with them uh, throughout their life. Mm. Um, and then following that, you know, we really make sure that we give people ongoing support after the 21 days. So we also have um, a monthly coaching program called Inner Sanctum where we do a live Google Hangout and global meditations where people all over the world come and join us in the Inner Sanctum. And we, um, I offer monthly a live um, coaching session. We did ours yesterday morning, uh, so it's 7 o'clock on the last um, Wednesday or Thursday of the month in the morning. And we've got people from London and USA and uh, all around the world come in. And I'm there live in a video and we give them, you know, I answer their questions and then um, we meditate together. It's really cool. Oh, sounds awesome. What I love about it is that every day you're getting taught something about the meditation. Yeah. So it's not just going in and just saying, okay, so this is what we're going to do and meditating. It's I love that you're saying that you actually have a teaching for each day, which yep. is um, really improving the practice. Tell us more about the movie The Portal. It's a feature film uh, that I'm actually currently right now at Fox Studios at Spectrum uh, where we're in the edit suites. My editor's cutting away feverishly. Our team just got back from 
Jordan two days ago where they were filming in a refugee camp, a Syrian refugee camp, uh, a wonderful woman that was teaching uh, meditation to some Syrian refugees. Uh, we filmed uh, in America in October and November last year um, some amazing stories. And what we have in that film are some remarkable epic stories of transformation, people from all walks of life that have found that on the other side of the portal, not only in their own inner experience of unboundedness and inner peace and calm, but how that filters out into the world that they're engaged in and how their whole world's transformed, no matter what their background was, no matter what their health condition was, no matter how severe their experiences were in life, their outer world started to change because they changed their inner world. Yeah. And so the portal is, it works on two levels. One is what's on the other side of the portal inside of us. Mm-hmm. When we start to move our direction, instead of looking outside of ourselves for pleasure and also finding pain, but when we start looking inside of ourselves through that um, trans- transcendental experience. But also the portal is, um, in the film, set in a global backdrop of what um, life could be like for us on the planet when we collectively move through the portal in a phase shift to another status quo, another paradigm. Oh. And that paradigm is possible for humanity, but there's a good chance we may not make it. We may not make it. And we've never been ever in a situation that we're in right now where we are facing down the barrel of uh, potential self-termination for a species. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Is this a documentary or is it a movie? Uh, it's a docudrama. Okay. So it has um, some dramatic components and also has documentary components. But but the the scenarios that we present um, are very much realistic scenarios of possibility. When's this due out? We complete in June 2018, so in a few months, and then we're almost there, which is really exciting. It's been a few years in the making. I'm going to ask you one question that I always finish the show with. You got me nervous now. Now, it might be really easy based on the subject, but we'll see if it changes. All right. What is the one thing that you do on a very regular basis, daily, must be within the week, like weekly, can't be more than weekly? So the daily or weekly, that fills up your level of happiness. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's, without doubt, it is meditation. Uh, it's, it's absolutely essential. So there's two things I would say. Meditation, number one. Um, to to connect to source on a daily basis, to transcend duality and experience the fundamental nature of who I am. And at heart, beyond all the story and the drama and the fluctuations of life, there's just a beautiful lovingness within us all. And meditation allows me to connect with that and to remind myself of my truth that there's this deep lovingness within us, a lightness and a, a blissfulness. So that is primarily the number one priority that I do on a daily basis. Being with nature is really important for me, being outdoors, connected with nature, even if it's I don't get time to sit in the bush or be at the beach. Um, um, it's just about looking at a leaf or a blade of grass or a beetle or an ant, somehow just appreciating the nature that's around me and the, the exquisiteness of the interactiveness of nature and myself mm-hmm. and the play that's always there. We very easily ignore that. And um, I think, finally, it's just my family. You know, there's just such um, inspiring, um, beautiful, uh, incredible people, my wife and my two children. Yeah. And what you're saying is quite childlike in the way of just being able to be aware of the smallest thing, the leaf. Yeah. Lady beetle. 
like mm. anything because they just get so present in the now mm. with mm. just the smallest thing. And that's what I love about what Braxton teaches me is to pull me straight back into the now and be present in this moment instead of <laughs> all the things to do. So yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Tom, for sharing your genius today. And um, we wish you all the best and um, I'm going to be seeing you on your retreats very soon. Yeah, wonderful. Looking forward to that. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you loved today's interview with Tom Cronin. Pretty cool movie, hey? Uh, Are you a meditator or a medicator? That's the question. And are you ready to do the flip? Remember he said that meditation is for you if you're ready for it. If you're keen on learning more about what Tom's doing, remember to scroll down. It's in the show notes on iTunes or also if you go to AnnetteLackovich.com forward slash meditation, you'll see all the links that we've mentioned today in the show. For now, make sure you share the show with a friend. Let's keep changing women's life in business. And as always, as I say, it makes such a massive difference to be able to get the message out there by getting you to make sure that you rate us on iTunes. Please, It really helps a bunch. I do this absolutely for free to be able to help women to have a better, more fulfilling life as they're growing their beautiful empires. Until next week, have a beautiful day and keep being the happiest person that you know.